You're listening to Once, episode 209, Siege Perilous, Initial Reactions. Welcome back to another episode of Once, the unofficial podcast for ABC's TV show, Once Upon a Time. I'm Daniel J. Lewis. I'm Jeremy Laughlin. We just watched this episode, Siege Perilous, which that alone, that phrase, which we did here in the episode, is something I want to research more, whether that's actually a thing with the round table. Because he said that was the name of that special seat. But the whole concept of the round table is that everyone is equal, right? Except that one. Yeah. (laughs) That one is chosen as the purest, but chosen by someone who's apparently not so pure of heart and without a whole lot of knowledge. I have to expected the chair to throw David off when he sat down. (laughs) No, that's the sword. Oh, right. Just don't sit on the sword. (laughs) These are our initial reactions, so we will be a bit all over the place, but we'll have the opportunity for you to include your feedback, and we'll do a lot more research on other things in our upcoming full discussion, which is usually on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time over at oncepodcast.com slash live. We're using new technology, so make sure that you always visit oncepodcast.com slash live to make sure that you get to the correct page. Don't assume it's the Noodle Mix Network page. Did you notice the title screen seemed a little bit different in this episode? I did not. It it looked like a different forest. And I think it was the first time in this season that the title screen has been different. Hmm. We're going to have to watch that again. Yeah. Yeah. And we will before our full discussion. But uh, it made me think, is that supposed to be Camelot instead of the Enchanted Forest? I don't know. Could be. Maybe they just decided it was time to spruce up the spruces but the sheriff's office seems a little bit spruced down a little bit emptier emptier without emma that town does not have good luck with sheriffs (laughs) and and emma doesn't have good luck with men (laughs) there's something connected there (laughs) just talking about the office makes me laugh because of david's little forced temper temper tantrum Walks into Emma's office and slams the door in Snow's face, kind of, and then finds something off camera to kick. It was good. Uh, Good uh, for branching out into temper tantrums, for which he is not known. I thought, with that aside, which seemed very uh, unusual for David, Uh (laughs) I thought that the writing in this episode was really good. The dialogue was really good, really deep ideas and philosophies. And the mythology of this episode, I thought was really nicely developed, even though some things, yeah, seemed a little bit out of character, a little bit forced. But I thought, although this episode isn't packed with action, it was good episode. It was. And what we learned and the twists and turns. I was... In the last 10 minutes, I was disappointed with the revelation of Arthur's lack of character. Even though it was widely predicted, I just find it perhaps predictable because others predicted it, and yet I was predicting the opposite. Well, he was called a villain, 
And I think it's neat to see that, but do you think that he is actually a villain or is he a person that has his priorities in the wrong order? I think it's two sides to every story. Slightly, it's some kind of mix between interesting and yada yada. (laughs) It's, It's sort of the idea that with two sides to every story... To Lancelot, he's a villain. To others, his actions may be questionable, but they like to sort of make things gray rather than black and white, which really is a little more true to life in certain ways, and yet it keeps watering down our heroes a little bit, I think. Mm -hmm. There's no one to just root for as they are or look up to, I suppose. Right. David's getting more on that track again. Yeah. Now that David and Snow have worked through some of their mistakes in the past. And it's really cool to see David as a member of the round table now in this in the perilous seat. It, it should be cool. seat perilous, seat not perilous. siege perilous. <laughs> it was it was cool for about a minute and then suddenly the person appointing the honor was painted to be far less than honorable and snow certainly worried right actually she was a little too trusting the only time they okay remind me if you remember did they meet the real lancelot yes they did because oh just snow and charming right remember it was in that whole instance when charming's mother was killed and they went to lake nostos it was the episode lady of the lake right but they saw or snow saw lancelot again in present day enchanted forest but that was when it was actually (laughs) right but she said she killed lancelot a long time ago so she did say that did she not actually i know we theorized that back then right maybe she just threw that out to say oh forget about him right and it's it's not beyond the realm of possibility that maybe she just locked him up somewhere or yeah. she cast him somewhere else or i don't know how do you feel about this goal of making storybrook the new camelot well it's not the first time storybrook has been considered as the new something <laughs> remember pan wanted to make it into the new neverland yeah <laughs> yeah it feels a little retread yeah personally speaking so i'm a little i'm a little disappointed by that as well I was I was really on board the whole rest of the episode. I was I was enjoying it. I didn't really have many complaints. Even when they were when David was fighting the well, the armor <laughs> on the lake for just a second I thought, "Okay, come on. The fog's not that thick. They could see the other side. Why isn't Arthur helping him?" And then Arthur helped him. So I thought, "Okay, that's that's pretty consistent with what should happen." Um, but uh yeah, just that last 10 minutes. And not even the whole last 10 minutes. It twisted again toward the end. And that wasn't as disappointing, I suppose. Yeah. And Arthur as a villain or misguided priorities, I don't know. But I feel like he outright lied to his subject there that he was praising and saying, drink this and you'll be... 
Camelot's greatest hero. That is not what the Agrabah venom does See, to a person. Here's the thing, and this is what I was thinking. That was, I forgot that was that was another little quibble I had because it look it appears as though Arthur actually took the venom of the Agrabah viper and mixed it in a bottle with some squid ink to change what it does because plot. Yeah, his body disappears. So now they can just go, oh, no, where'd he go? I guess he oh, he must have escaped or somebody magicked him out. The dark one must have taken it. They can say all whatever instead of being like, huh, he's been poisoned. Cool. He had no poison. I wonder who did this. Let's look at the security cameras, which, by the way, even if he's gone, they look at the security cameras and Arthur doesn't have magic and he doesn't know about security systems. So gotcha. Should be. We've already seen them look at the security cameras. They're not just present. So really, he should get caught. Maybe he will. That would actually be really cool <laughs> if they're like, okay, look, we saw you do this. And he says, what kind of magic is this? They're like, it's not magic. If they do discover that he was the one who did it, then I think that they will probably keep it to themselves and maybe go alone. Although I really liked the brother-brotherness between Arthur and David. That was really cool because they were both peasants and now they're royalty. And they, they so that seem was kind like, of a peasant's quest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that was a great moment. <laughs> he, he tries to philosophize and make it okay. The quest is about the searching, not the finding. <laughs> do you really believe that? No. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I do believe in? That is our great supporters, our heroes, who are not actually villains behind the scenes. That Although we you, know of. <laughs> yeah. Special thanks this episode for those who support us and are like are like a true hero who lift us out of the water when armor seems to be pulling us down, wanting to drown us. Thanks to David Newland, Steve Johnson, Lisa Slack, DJ Firewolf, and Ariana Miller, our new Patreon hero, for being heroes for this episode. And we've got 26 heroes on Patreon backing the podcast, supporting it on a monthly basis. Thank you very much. We really could not do this show without you. It does cost a lot to run the podcast and keep it running and even through the hiatus and other things that we want to do. Like recently, I purchased the iTunes season pass to be able to download all of the episodes in high definition so we could get those screenshots, rewatch the episodes in high quality and all of that stuff. And your support makes that possible. So thank you, David, Steve, Lisa, DJ, and our new Patreon backers and all of our Patreon backers for your kind contributions. If you'd like to be a hero to the podcast as well, please go to oncepodcast.com slash hero. You can donate through Patreon. It's a great, really easy to use system over there that allows you to use your credit card or PayPal. Or you can go to oncepodcast.com slash hero and discover how you can use our amazon.com affiliate link to do your normal shopping on Amazon after you click on our link. It doesn't cost you anything extra, but it still supports the podcast. So check that out at oncepodcast.com slash hero. I was surprised that of all of the people that Emma might need as a hero, I was thinking she was going to go get Arthur and Arthur was going to pull the sword out for her. But then again, why would he? Because he could have done that in Camelot. He had the sword in Camelot. But she's using Rumpel as a blank slate to turn him into a hero. The purest hero? Yeah, he was not a young man when he became the Dark One. I feel like he's not a blank slate. Unless that's because he sort of died-ish. 
slash didn't quite die slash isn't his heart still black or was all the blackness i know the dark one junk was taken out of him but does that really change his heart because i don't think it lived in his heart that seemed to be the stuff that he did because he was the dark one did it all just come out together? I think so, because remember, it was a pure white heart. She should have taken his heart out for illustrative purposes while she was talking to him <laughs> so that we could all see the blank slate. Would it be clear? Is it not red or black? Or is it just like a pale red and it's going to get brighter? He's really going to become that dorky hero that was in the storybook. <laughs> yes, that's what I was thinking, too. But... How is Emma going to turn him into the hero and get him to pull the sword out for her? That doesn't really seem like too much of a price that Emma has to pay. Yeah, so, and why him? Does she think that she can control him? And if she can, how is he the most pure of heart hero? I'm not quite sure I follow her logic. And there are two voices in her head providing this logic. One of them's hers and one of them's the dark one. And I knew when they said, we both know who that is, I knew it wasn't going to be Arthur. Hmm. I thought maybe Henry. Yeah. Heart of the truest believer, the author, the mm-hmm. everything that Henry is, the savior's son. Henry has been kissed to break two curses <laughs> thus far. <laughs> <laughs> the curse-breaking kiss count. Maybe Henry's hero name is the Blarney Stone. <laughs> I don't think that's really how that works, but... When Emma was looking at the Dark One in her mind, and Rumpel looked over there too, but he was kind of looking toward the sword too, it made me wonder, does he know what's going on in Emma's head? Is he thinking, are you seeing me now over there? (laughs) Yeah, maybe they'll have a conversation. We'll get to hear who he saw, if he saw anyone. Somehow I don't think he needed to see anyone. I think he just went home and started killing people. He didn't really need a coach. Yeah. He started out, though, different. He wanted to be the Dark One. He wanted the magic, so maybe he didn't need as much guidance. It was more a discovery sort of thing for him. Right. But Emma, do you think this whole date with Hook (laughs) was just to get the sword? It was to learn. I don't know if she got the sword. I think she also needed to learn, well... Did she need to learn something or was did she already know the sword was the thing that touched him? Hook said something about the sword. He said it. I just didn't know if that was the first time she learned that and if she was there trying to find out what that object might be. But really, it's not like Hook was around him a lot before. Right. So, but she might have been trying to get both the information and an object. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that was probably it. As well as maybe trying to get Hook on her side. But, oh, man. Ouch. (laughs) How painful those moments between Hook and Emma. As she crushed his heart more under her unsensible heel. (laughs) This feels really like a setup episode. Setting up, giving us a little bit of a breather, not so much action, but giving us some depth to what's coming next. By the way, since you like Once Upon a Time, there's a great opportunity you have to sport some Once Upon a Time clothing 
and support the podcast too and get an awesome sale. Go to oncepodcast.com slash t-shirts. That's just the letter T, shirts. Oncepodcast.com slash t-shirts. We've partnered with T Public and selected some wonderful Once Upon a Time themed t-shirts for you. There are, I think, over 30 different shirts there that you could choose from. Some really great designs, some beautiful illustrations, some really funny ones. But depending on when you're listening to this, you may be seeing the shirts at normal price. However, go to oncepodcast.com slash t-shirts on Wednesday or Thursday, October 14th or 15th, because during those 48 hours, the shirts will be on sale. So this will be a great chance to stock up, get some really fun t-shirts to show the world that you enjoy Once Upon a Time. These aren't our own designs, but we've curated these designs together for you. And if you visit that website, oncepodcast.com slash t-shirts and buy a shirt through there, that helps support the podcast too. And you get something really cool to go along with it. So if you buy a shirt, here's what we want you to do. Tweet us at oncepodcast with a photo of you wearing your new Once Upon a Time shirt, whichever shirt it is that you decide to pick. Or there might be some other shirts there that you can search through the website and maybe find something else we didn't find. So let us know if you find something really good that should be in our store too. But go to oncepodcast.com slash t-shirts, support the podcast, get a great looking shirt, and send us your photo. If you're not on Twitter, then you can also email us, and our contact information is on the website at oncepodcast.com. We'd love to have your feedback for our upcoming full discussion, which will be on Wednesday at 7 p.m. at oncepodcast.com slash live, and that's in Eastern time. Go to the website, oncepodcast.com. That's where you can get our feedback information. Email us, feedback at oncepodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter at oncepodcast. But we want to get your theories involved in what's going on. What's up with Arthur? Where did Lancelot come from? <laughs> and all of this other cool stuff, great questions and research and stuff that you might know that you'd love to share with us. We get some of the best feedback, unfortunately, after we record our full discussion. So please get that feedback in as early as possible. And as usual, put the title of the episode in the subject line of any emails that you send to us, and that would really help us in sorting it. All of that is at oncepodcast.com. And please share this episode with your friends and family and get someone else listening to the podcast. It's really the best thing that you can do to help us. The show notes for this episode will be at oncepodcast.com slash 209. Please connect with us on Twitter at Once Podcast. And I'm Daniel J. Lewis on Twitter at The Ramen Noodle. I'm Jeremy Laughlin on Twitter at Fleegon. That's P-H-L-E-G-O-N. And until next time, remember, speed is feet, direction is hand. <laughs> and thanks for listening. <laughs> Once Podcast is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Big thanks to our heroes for this episode of the podcast. If you'd like to be one of them and keep the podcast going, then please go to oncepodcast.com slash hero. And thank you for your support.